Two Guys Talking Nostalgia Engine is here. And we need your help. Two Guys Talking has begun stockpiling reviews of great, classic movies, and we want to know what you want us to review. Access twoguystalking.com now and tell us which classic movies on DVD and Blu-ray we should put into the Two Guys Talking Perspective Review crosshairs and help us fuel the internet's best repository for engaging, nostalgic feature film reviews. Access twoguystalking.com and click any one of the Nostalgia Engine pictures. Tell us which movies you want right now. Action, horror, comedies, even the occasional rom-com. Access to guystalking.com. That's the number two, guystalking.com. The Nostalgia Engine. Ride in nostalgic style while you listen. Twoguystalking.com. S.H.I.E.L.D. It's an organization that both exists and doesn't exist all at the same time. For those in the know, S.H.I.E.L.D., the Strategic Homeland Intervention, Enforcement, and Logistics Division, is the counterterrorism and intelligence agency run by Director Nick Fury. Its global reach, with thousands of operatives with differing skill sets across the globe, continues to grow. S.H.I.E.L.D.'s activities have been documented for a long time, both in comic books and feature films. Those legendary tales now transfer to the smaller screen in a weekly series on ABC, via Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a chronicle of the findings of a crack team of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. This is the detailed review of those chronicles. Set your life model decoy to take care of life's business for now. It's time for another episode of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast from Two Guys Talking. Back in the 1980s, there was a movie called Clash of the Titans. Inside that film, there was a titan. A woman with gorgeous breasts, flowing locks of hair, which were actually snakes. Her gaze would make you freeze in fright. In fact, you would turn to stone and be there forevermore. I've just described something infinitely more interesting than anything during the next 43 minutes of television review will provide for anybody listening to this episode of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. A complete, detailed, and always educational review of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC, this time focusing on Inhumans, the series, on ABC slash Hulu streaming. Episode 4, Make Way for Medusa? Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. I'm not going to bother with housekeeping because there's nothing to tuck in here worthy enough. So onward, we go. Hang on, folks. Sponsored by Acoustica's Mixed Craft Recording Software, Blogger's Bug, and the St. Charles Office Center. A quick DNA test. Yes. The, the, the length of silence is left in here in particular because there was almost nothing remarkable about the front end of this episode. <laughs> well, I'm we, at a complete loss. Well, we, 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 learned totally a little bit, loss. we learned a little bit more about Dr. Dude, who, now that I think of it, may or may not have anything to do with Callisto Airspace. In the uh, previous episode, I surmised that he was the one that ran it, but now I, I, I'm not so sure. 
I think he runs it. I think it's he run might. as a. Maybe. I think it's run as a, a Snoop Lab to check and do interesting things to see what happens. They're looking for benefactors, and somewhere on some Craigslist board, they found a dude named Max, Max six three one seven to be exact, inside of Craigslist. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, a quick DNA test, uh, and that whole shockingly boring helicopter discussion but i will point this out unlike other movies or television they actually go out of their way to make sure that everybody is wearing the headsets yeah so that they can communicate yes. other movies would just gloss right over that and have a conversation like you know those rotors don't make any noise yeah I'm going to mention this just because it, I, I can remember vivid days of what this series is starting to remind me of. Uh-oh. It reminds me of the last death throes spirals of Dexter and the following, which are both absolute cores of focus for a variety of things, including the generation and discussion of one Star Trek Voyager. Look! It's the glorious Star Trek Voyager hurtling throughout space. Blows up with no no explosion sound, by the way, because they're in space. And I don't care. And so if we graph that to this sample, look! Everyone's given communicative headsets so that they can speak to everybody. The doctor says, hello, I'm Dr. So-and-so with the, with the, with the Irish brogue. Awesome. Look, it's, it's Hot Hands Samoan Joe, HHSJ, from the previous episode. We love to see him, too. Look at him warm up that coffee like no other. Awesome. He's also talking on a headset. And then, of course, we have our loving Black Bolt who says, thank you. And destroys the helicopter, thereby killing everybody, and roll credits. The always innocent beginning of experiments. This might be the one saving grace from that whole little piece. Is that not always, but very often inside of comic books, it always starts with experiments. Now look, we're going to experiment and find great new ways that we can insert awesome. And right. that's spectacular. That's great when it happens. The problem is that it almost always spirals into something that is either where the doctor gets killed and research gets taken, thereby fostering the mad, crazy person, bad guy's goal slash scheme slash whatever. Or the good doctor realizes that there is a more better, powerful way to do something, thereby corrupting whatever morals and centerpiece he might have. And I don't know which way this is going to go, or at least when we started this episode, we didn't know which way this was going to go. But that was the one thing I took from this whole scene that there I, I had any interest in. I'd like to perform some experiments and, 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 and see how other people, blah, 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 whatever else he said. And that was fine. I was absolutely okay with that. Right. It just it, it felt really thin. Look at it this way, and I can't believe I'm the one who's defending certain parts of the show. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Talk about role reversal. I've... Exactly. Ever since the water supply was tainted with Terrigen crystals, people have just been popping up, and, and they're in, they are in humans, but they're not 
real in humans. They're, they're half inhuman. They're human beings who have been altered simply because they have a trace of the inhuman slash Cree DNA left over in their genes. Everybody on Adelan is a pure inhuman. And, and we see this in, in, this, in this episode where he goes, you know, most you know, humans have, you know, the uh, certain number of chromosomes and you're just all zero. You're Theirs all just, are square. Yours yeah. are perfectly circular. Yeah, it's, I've it's, never seen something so spherical. Exactly. Blah, blah, blah. Yes. Yes. We've never had that in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. since the Inhumans have been popping up. We've never had a pure Inhuman show up. So to finally have somebody on Earth, a scientist, do an experiment and, and start explaining the difference between these Inhumans and the Inhumans that we've grown to love or hate on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I appreciated that. I appreciate you explaining that because it does, <laughs> no, seriously, it, it provides a, you, you know the, the water flavor things that you can buy at, at, at grocery stores now? Oh, yeah. Where you take your bland-ass water and now it's not so bland-ass water. Now it's cherry in fact, made. Yeah, and now, in fact, it can be as thick as awesome as you want as well. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that we now have that ability is awesome. The problem is that in eight episodes, we're now going to try and spill on that there is yet another watercolored flavor of Inhumans. I think that's a tall ask, mm. even for comic book people. I am comic book people. I may not be as detailed as comic book people as some of the, the purebred comic book people of of comic bookdom, <laughs> but I, I am willing to w- open wide open to things like that, and I love what you've just said. The problem is that it is not conveyed at all appropriately inside of this where, okay, so you know Daisy that you've been watching for four seasons? Awesome. I'm glad you got the concept. This isn't the same kind of inhuman. Nobody knows that. Now they do. Tailing a copter from a car. Dumb. (laughs) I, I I don't know how to be... The only way it could get dumber is if it was not... Oh, wait, it was night. And it's a black helicopter. <laughs> Follow those lights hundreds of feet in the air. Uh, maybe that's it, that Medusa has awesome vision. But see, then... But th- she wasn't the one following it. It's uh, Louise? I don't know. I think that's the blonde's name. I, I, that You're right. Our that is her name. comic relief character. Uh, it's just not funny. It's not funny. The only thing that is funny is thinking you could possibly trail a helicopter from a car, an old car like the one that they have, on twisty, rindy roads on an island. On an island. At night. <sighs> that I, I don't know if there's a disbelief pill big enough. There's not. You might actually have to take it as a suppository. There's not. I didn't realize that until just now, but that may have been appropriate for the Goonie crap meter that's how, that's how off the rails... <laughs> Look, follow that helicopter, or I'm going to shoot you dead. What? What are you talking about, Medusa? But you know what? We always got to remember the episode is called Make Way for Medusa. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Noticing the akinness of rings on television. I realize the value of HD television. And I have to tell you that having watched a whole bunch of television anchors through their age, through the age of HD and seeing how it does have impact, I cannot tell you that HD does not have impact. But, but, 
being able to recognize that someone has the same logo on a ring as someone is being taken into custody on television, as someone that's sitting next to you with a gun in their head while you are tracking a helicopter in midair and twisting windy roads inside of an island. No. Sorry. There, there isn't, there isn't a, a giant St. Valentine's Day chocolate-sized series of disbelief pills that I can take for that. It, it, I, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. I would have been fine with the dialogue exchange had it happened at a different moment. The problem is is that the character of Louise is is taking this being held hostage, follow that helicopter at night, I've got a futuristic space gun to your head. She's taking it rather well. She's still frazzled, but again, she can notice that she's wearing a ring and, oh, I saw that ring on the news footage when they put Black Bolt into custody. So, hey, I'm going to mention the ring. I get that it was trying to ease the tension between the two characters. I get what they were trying to do. They should have tried to do it later on, not during this scene. This scene should have been should have stayed tense, even though it was completely ridiculous. I'm not going to defend it, that they were chasing a black helicopter in the middle of the night. I, I, the only way that this could have gotten more preposterous is if, I don't know, like a, a cop car pulls up behind them and then, like I don't know, she shoots her, her awesome spectral ray at the... Oh. Well, that happened too. The only thing that was missing was the Dukes of Hazard cop music. That's the only thing that was missing <laughs> from that entire scene. It was just I see, as soon as, as soon as Medusa made Louise step on the gas, I knew I knew exactly what was going to happen. I knew a cop car was going to start chasing him, yeah. and I knew that eventually <laughs> Medusa was going to hang out of the out of the, out of the window <laughs> and fire, because evidently Medusa has some some experience. Firing her space gun yeah. from a moving vehicle from all that time up on the moon. Yeah, on the moon range, where obviously they have handguns that fire rounds like that. <laughs> Maximus's cap begins to come off the top. All right, so at least there's a little bit of crispy orientation that matches what you'd said about Mad Maximus. Mm, yes. And I was looking forward to some of that. And we got none of it later on in the episode. Nothing. No, nothing matches this little, <laughs> little steam that you can see coming out of the side of a crack in his cranium in this edge. The, the, when he's interacting with that particular member of the genetic council, it seems, well, I mean, there is. There's, there's personal bad blood between the two of them. They used to be friends. Then Maximus went through Terrigenesis, became human so this guy pretty much just eh i don't want to be associated with you but then oh oh shit your brother's king now hmm well i mean i guess i gotta be nice to you <laughs> oh crap you're the new king uh please don't be mad at me i th i kind of think there should have been more maximus we should have seen a little bit more of the where's your loyalty show your loyalty Show me how much you love me. Show me how much you're sorry. And we didn't get that. No. And and this is the time where we need to start getting that because guess what? We're halfway through 
this show. This is episode four. We are halfway through. I've got nothing. There's a couple of lines there that you mentioned from the bad guy inside of Gladiator, which was a great movie. In fact, that's some absolute two guys talking focus. We got to take some time and review that movie. I think that would be a fun one. Are you not entertained? Yeah. It vexes me. It vexes me. I love all of that 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 um, the the Phoenix brother provides. It's excellent. This is not excellent. The the rest of what happens with Maximus inside of this episode, it's bad. It's bad. His his accent goes sideways several times. He he goes from this kind of cracking at the brim pressure cooker guy to someone else we've not really seen at all because it's not the same acting portrayal. It's like there was a there was a series of weeks that were taken off and then they came back for episode four. Mm. And it feels like it. It really does feel it like it. It feels like there was a scene missing and that that showed Maximus start losing it and it's just not included in this episode, which sadly might have helped. Supercharged attached to the lobe vocal cords. All right, moving along. It's so antiseptic, and instead of, or maybe even in in in, in adjoining to this, the, the promise that was given was, I want to do experiments. I want to see what happens when your voice is tested, is is to understand more about your powers. Blah blah. blah. All right, you're at least stoking the fire of interest. But you know what we don't see at all inside this episode? Mm. Nothing. We see no experimentation at all where he kind of like uh, tries to make the maybe like there's a series of pipettes that they have Black Bolt put in his mouth that he he doesn't utterance through to see what happens. Does he put the little coffee creamer thing up to his mouth and then he goes mm, to see what comes out of the straw at the end? Is that what breaks the the fender off of a giant Cadillac? And then they use a, a larger straw. And then that makes something else or something. And we got none of that. I understand most of your white hot hate that's radiating off of you about this episode. (laughs) But right here, the dialogue explained why there was no experimentation. The doctor, and again, it's it's worthless dialogue because we already (laughs) knew this. But the doctor, again, hammers home, you could kill everybody you love. If you if you mumble in your sleep, you could kill your wife. You are that dangerous. How do you live with yourself? Right. But now, it's again, already we've already had that. Exactly. Yeah. We've already established that, but that is why the doctor does not run tests because there's no way to do any kind of safe tests where Black Bolt's powers are concerned at all. And the doctor knows this. So good for the doctor for being smart enough not to tempt fate. But again, we did not need to be reminded, oh, hey, did you know Black Bolt's voice will destroy everything in front of him? Yeah, I kind of got that in the first episode. Right, but there's a difference between him. And again, this is something that I do want to see. I, I can't possibly be put into the, the bad marks route because I want to see some freaking superpowers. We, we, we're we wa- busy watching the most neutered set of superheroes ever provided to Marveldom. Ever. I think maybe... I'm not maybe, arguing with you. Maybe maybe 
maybe the 70s Spider-Man episodes where clearly the guy doesn't have spider powers. It's the ropes yanking him up the building. I mean, he doesn't have any superpowers. At least he's pretending. What we have here is a silent dude, again, provided wonderfully. I can't, I can't take anything away from the guy that is Black Bolt. He's doing it. I get it. Right. But that's just boring. We are, we are watching a super powerless superhero show. That's the thing. Where's the superpower in our superpower there, there's nothing. TV show? There's and, nothing. And we're, but see, that's the problem. We go back to the our review of the first two episodes. I specifically said they're neutering all of our all of the main characters. It's accomplished, absolutely. But that's not what we wanted. No, we, no, we, not by a stretch. If we wanted neutered superheroes, we don't. Not everybody in Agents of Shield has a superpower. We've got Yo-Yo and Daisy. Right. And then you've got a handful of characters that that come and go as they please. Right. We were expect oh the Inhumans. We're talking about people that are that have powers already, born and bred right. with powers. Blah. Yes. And here we well, are. We're given oh no no no. <laughs> you thought they were going to be fighting with their powers? No, we're taking all that away. Sit quietly and point at your wedding ring. Yes. What? The other thing to remember inside of all of this, and before you all come crashing down on me and say, well, you know, he's got super. Well, we've seen the destruction of a police car and the parents. I mean, well. What else do we got to see? The answer is, I want to see more. Lest we forget, we're on a we're on an island created by volcanic activity. Mm. You can't tell me that in the compound of wherever the hell they were, you can't walk over to a place and do some experimentation on some freaking volcanic rock. How about how about making a new foundation for the building that they might want to create with some more funding money that they get from Maximus six three two point seven over on Craigslist. Kabika. The only thing that I could say is maybe they're holding off showing Black Bolt doing anything other than, uh, and then, you know, flipping a cop car. Maybe it's part of the climax of this eight-part story. I, I, I don't Again, I'm wow. speculating. Who knows? The other altruistic doctor's shoe drops. Now, when I wrote this... I thought when the doctor was contacting Maximus 673.21 on Craigslist that it was like it was a communication line established where he knows that it's Maximus on the moon. It's not. No. He does not know that. Oh, it's the brother of Black Bolt on the moon. Awesome. I can't wait to share all of my secrets so that we can eventually kill him. And that was the saving grace for the altruistic doctor, which is good. Mm-hmm. That might be one of the best writing points inside of this entire episode, is that he's not in league. He's ignorantly in league, knowing that for whatever reason, Maximus and the money, I guess. Western Union has a lot of power, but Jesus, how do you, how do you get money or whatever this doctor needs from the moon to this guy and... Now it's all working appropriately? I mean, maybe that's another piece that they're going to have in season two of The Inhumans. But but this was the one thing that got me with the doctor that I thought was really good. Well, I mean, the fact that he's communicating with with Maximus on one of their slap wrist communicators. Did you notice that? I did. Okay. That it's Comlink, right. So here's the question. Let's go through. Hold on. The Comlink does not look... It doesn't look alien. If you or I had one of those on right now, I, I don't think anybody would turn their head. The doctor wasn't using it as a bracelet. He had it in its straight form. Y- yeah. 
So yeah. one would think that, hey, Doc, you know, if you uh, grab that from the sides, you could actually pull it out and it'd be a nice little screen that you could uh, track other in Oh, well, shh. You're not a, technically a bad guy yet, so you yeah. don't get to you, know. You're that a you geneticist. Do you don't know anything about tech. But the thing is, is that if you if you look at these first four episodes, especially episode one, mm-hmm. we know that Maximus was behind Triton's assassination on Earth. Yes. He was in contact with oh. those mercenaries. Okay. He right. was in contact right. with those mercenaries. Right. So there's got there, Maximus has to have some sort of way back and forth to Earth or another. A money person on Earth to pay for geneticists and assassins. There's there's a lot more going on here right. where Maximus is concerned. I, I just know that, and I that's would've... one of the reasons why I want to. I'm sticking with this show because I'm hoping that it's there is a nefarious plan to it, not just I want the best for my people and we need to go to Earth. Because if that's the case. Then Maximus is the hero of the sh- of the story. Well, and we talked he, about it inside the first couple of episodes right. too, and that I, I can I can actually see why someone would rally around him. I, I hate it when I when I when I say I don't like things that are just black and or white, but I do want to have some of that definitiveness that is completely missing with what's going on here, and that we got to kind of guess about what's going on. Mm. You and I have discerned now that there is some other element that we have not yet experienced. That is the connection slash connective tissue from Maximus to the assassins to the doctor beyond what we've seen. We just haven't seen it yet. Right. And you're going to see it in the next four episodes. Okay. All right. Mm. Why is Maximus so unsure of the how when finding Black Bolt? I don't understand this. Maximus clearly knows that the dude is caught Black Bolt, you know, the guy with the vocal cords so powerful that a mere utterance while he's sleeping could destroy everyone that he loves, sir. Um, Boy, that sounds like the guy that I just sent, that was just sent down to mm-hmm. one of the Hawaiian Islands. Oh, you're on one of the Hawaiian Islands. I think I know where my brother's at. But yeah. not a couple minutes later, it's all kind of well, hullabaloo. Where are we going to go find Black Bolt? I know exactly where you're going to find Black Bolt. I think your white hot rage might have been <laughs> clouding you. No, he knows Black Bolt's there. That's why he told the doctor to kill him. He said, kill him. He's too dangerous. Kill him. And the doctor said, no. We could learn so much from his DNA. That's when the plan changed for Maximus. Because remember, he's human. This continues into the episode. He talks to the genetic council about right. it. Right. From what the doctor told him, he said, if I can study Black Bolt's DNA, we can uncover the secret to humans getting superpowers, to which, of course, Maximus is very into. So instead of kill him, kill him now, and even sending Orin out to kill him, kill him now, it's, okay, we're going to push pause on the let's kill Black Bolt button because we still need him. But we're still going to kill him eventually. That's why. That's why eventually, Orin and the uh, the not so motley crew of Inhumans show up at the facility to take Black Bolt back into custody. Later, towards the end of the episode, Karnak, the master pot farmer. <laughs> what was I thinking? What was I thinking? 
It's just that they need to bring him on and become the master pot farmer. That's what was I thinking? What was I thinking that we need him to be some master hero superpower guy inside of this series? It's about the getting their smoke on, bro. Here's the problem. If his powers are so whacked out that he walks in a giant circle and he thinks if he kicks a table at a certain angle that he'll bring an entire structure down, yet all he does is just make a mess. How is it that his powers work enough to where he knows the math for irrigation and crop productivity? The answer is that he doesn't. When Karnak's details here of how the 68% increase in efficiency and yield are finally pushed through, what's going to happen is all of their plants are going to look like the bean plant I had when I was in kindergarten <laughs> after about three days of no water. That's what's going to happen. You know what they should have done? <laughs> uh, do, you, do you know, are you familiar with the film regarding Henry starring Harrison Ford? Yes. Yeah. Excellent yeah. film. Yeah. Yes. Great film. Gets, uh, he's kind of an asshole. Mm -hmm. There's a robbery. He gets shot. And he, he basically Way becomes... a new dude. Yeah, exactly. But he basically has to relearn how to be human again. You yeah. know, a man again. Yeah. That's what this should have been. Karnak should have been regarding Henry when he hit his head. He should now be a fumbling, I need to discover how to do everything again. That would have made things a little bit more interesting instead of just, well, my, my powers seem to work when I do math and, and I need to do irrigation, yeah. but when it comes to combat, I'm all thumbs. It's, it's too inconsistent. I, not only is it inconsistent, it's not interesting. Karnak is not just another set of hands. I realize that this line is said to just belittle the guy that has now figured out a way to increase yield 68%. Right. You know, it's it's where maybe the guy's just not maniacal enough to realize that he's a, he might have actually landed something interesting. You know, if, if things are going poorly, and they are, obviously, mm -hmm. it's the three of them inside of this pot farm that's not working right. The numbers aren't along correctly. One guy is overpowering. The other two are limp noodles and aren't going to stand up to the guy. So, obviously, there's something wrong. But if the guy that was, quote, in charge and the most evil realized at all that you could, if by doing these things, potentially make up to 68% more yield, how can you possibly tell me that he wouldn't do it? Because jealousy? And, that again, it's where I go off the rails again here. The, the goal, if, if the other two people disappeared, he would go and find other people. Not surprising look like what we see at the end of this episode. And so or, it, it is about the yield. Or he or has just he has just taken out the people he'd share the profits with. Now he's the one who gets all of the profit. Right, after he shucks all the plants. <laughs> I, 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 I get it. Well, look, he's an idiot because he's maniacally evil. Okay, yes. Yes, but this is one of those stupid muscle-bound bad guys. He's not he's not a planner, he's not a thinker. I will agree with you when I when I hear the word stupid. I, I absolutely uh, No, agree no, with this that. this whole line of this whole plot where Karnak is concerned is stupid. But it doesn't have to be that stupid. Maximus explaining how he could no longer be human. 
Remember when we talked about how interesting and intelligent he sounded in the first couple of episodes? This is the exact opposite of that. This whole scene was terrible. Why? It was that whole, like, his accent wasn't right. Nothing from the I'm becoming crazy part made any more sense. I don't know. I don't know. It just was it was worthy enough of a, of a bullet point inside hmm. the, the growing hatred of this episode as I got to this point. I see. I, I, didn't have a, a, I didn't have a problem with this. This is Maximus still trying to play by the rules. The genetic council, at this point in time, the genetic council is still useful. And as we already know, no human can ever be king of the inhumans. Maximus wants a way to become inhuman. Mm -hmm. Maximus has found a way to become inhuman to where there will not be any more questioning to his rule. The thing is, though, is that it's experimental. And in this scene, he, he lays it out to the genetic council. Here's the thing. This is how we can fix this. This is how I can still play by your rules and still be king. And everybody wins. And then they say no. No, no, it's uh, too dangerous. We uh, Experimentation, blasphemy, oh no, blah, 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 blah. And then at the end of that scene, we get another, we get another taste of him kind of sort of going sideways. I, I did not have a problem with it. I, this is actually, this was, this was a scene, this was one of the saving graces for me for the episode. Because it sh it's still showing that Maximus is holding on to wanting to be king and not a tyrant. I want to lead my people and I understand that I can do that better if they accept me as an inhuman instead of just this human thing. Karnak is busy, as in getting busy. Dum, da dum, dum. <laughs> I, I, if, if I thought I hated everything soap opera that was going on with Crystal, <laughs> I double dumbass hate this. Because it. You're, you're sorry for him? Or he's. That physically attractive, or oh, I mean, the he's tattoos all, he looks are all hot. right, but again, there hasn't been enough time for for there to be some sort of connection between the two. Mm, so your, uh, your prognostication of the statistics of our sixty eight percent yeah growth that's, that's engorgement of our yield, <laughs> I, I just, or maybe it's because he's to, the only other penis that she's interested yank in. Yank my glasses off and just start. Plucking my eyes out with a pitchfork. Maybe she's not attracted to the other two guys there. Here's a new one. Maybe she's been stuck at that farm for a very long time. And she's just decided, hey, I've got needs. You're kind of sort of human. You've probably got some needs. <laughs> You're kind of sort of human. Let's. Uh, I'm going to take advantage of the dude that hit his head. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I uh, again, this is... I, it, this, it is this the was insertion, just... It is the insertion of soap opera... For the sake uh, of soap, soap opera, opera sake, like, yeah. For the sake of inserting something soap opera-like. That is what this is. Yeah. It is... Totally it, agree. It, it offers no value. There, There's nothing to pull away any viewer at all to the zero chemistry that exists between Karnak, the pot plants, and Mary What's-Her-Face that's now macking on, on Karnak. It's terrible. 
It's it's so terrible. The only way that it's more terrible is later on where the guy that is the 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 most genius guy planner <sighs> can't strike the clip bra off the back of a chick that's on top of him. It's a funny line. It's not funny. No, 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 no. It is Think not about funny. it. It's a funny line. He he is an alien. Think about it. He is an alien. So evidently on Adelan, women no bras. do not have bras like that. I'm sure that they have something that helps control <laughs> I don't know, you know. Yeah, space bras. It's so preposterous. I don't even know what to say to that. I realize that uh, I'm grasping at straws here, <laughs> you're, Wilkerson. You're grasping at less than straws with anything that involves Karnak, Pot Lady, and the plants getting busy on this island. It is stupid. It doesn't get any more stupid than what we're seeing here. Look, Karnak laying down. Look, the woman that's smitten with the guy that falls down, hits his head, kicks tables, and then kind of gives numbers so that the, the pot yield goes up 68%. You're going to make me richer. I'm going to throw some on you. <laughs> Just beyond, beyond belief. Nick, let's do a quick character checklist, shall we? Oh, let's. All right. Let's talk about the lady that the episode is actually named after. Medusa. All right. No superpowers whatsoever. No social skills whatsoever. No social grace whatsoever. Reasonably crappy fight skills. I didn't see anything inside of the the fight with What's-Her-Face where she stabby-stabs her as being, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. She understands the concept of money. She doesn't understand that you can't just stomp on the gas pedal and drive a car and nobody's going to get hurt slash die slash anything bad happens. She doesn't get that. That seminal piece of common sense that's missing from every single one of these characters, regardless of what planet they'd be on, uh, on the moon. Can you get in the moon rover and, and Adelan and, and just drive as fast as you want, as fast as inhumanly possible and nothing bad happens no we've never seen i i, I don't know I, I never saw any vehicles up whatever there. skateboard doesn't make any difference some child there is going to make wheels out of something and get on it and go as fast as possible and then what's going to happen the child's going to run out of space or they're going to fall off that that giant cliff over what the the edge that they're looking at at the beginning of the series and nothing good's going to happen so they're going to go you know what we should probably temper the speed things when we're when we're just running around willy-nilly inside of the moon. Well, all that should translate to something else. If you and I went to another planet where they had vehicles that you could get in and drive, and they could go fast, but you got to be careful, well, what are we going to do? Are we just going to mash the gas pedal in because we can? No. And that tiny little piece of common sense is just, it doesn't make any, doesn't make any sense here for Medusa. She's an alien. And so stomp on the gas so we get to him faster? Well, here's the thing. How does she even know what a gas pedal is? <laughs> so again, you've got to you either got to take A or B. You're you're trying to mush them together and make them all make sense. I'm looking and for any common sense out of any of these characters. This the reason that we're the only this person is the who has common sense is Gorgon, and we're the, not to Gorgon this yet. Is the, this is the first. No, he doesn't, and we're gonna get to that for sure. This is the first character on a list of sad characters, including the one that may only have some common sense left inside of this whole character list. This is the first one that the episode is named after, in which she does nothing. The, 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 the name of this episode, when we started, was Make Way for Medusa. Make Way for Medusa. Is Does that mean like at the red light? <laughs> you Possibly. Know, what, what, what? Okay, well, 
we do learn through flashback more about Medusa and Crystal. Grumpy Grump had to take care of his sister because the parents weren't around, period, paragraph. But right? why weren't the parents around? I don't know. Maybe because they Did said not... hello to Black Bolt? No. It was one of the flashback scenes, Mike. You find out that her parents led a revolt against Black Bolt's parents. Okay. And they were banished. Now, what does banished mean? We don't know yet. Exiled to the other city on the moon? Or <laughs> banished to, to Earth? A, to a Hawaiian banished island? somewhere else? Banished to Mavith? Awesome. <laughs> Who a, knows? What a but, total awesome loop that is. Right. Awesome. Well, I mean, th- that's, that's what they did in ancient times. No, that's awesome. That's good. That's right. I, I, I can take even more but of that. But that is awesome. an interesting point about Medusa's past is that her parents tried to overthrow Black Bolt's parents when they were king and queen. Naming the naming the episode as that to, to show. How long did that take? How long did the, the did the flashback? I don't name these episodes, man. Okay, well, all right. So anyway, you can see the general picture painting of Medusa inside of this initial character checklist. Okay. Not so awesome is my point. No. Okay, all right. Let's jump down the list. Crystal. Again, worthless. I mean, like, seriously. You know what? Actually, here's the thing. This episode... I think proves my point from what I brought up uh, back in the, oh, the first. No, in the first one, she is. She even called. She said she's she is a princess. When the vet shows up and calls her a princess, Crystal even go. How did she know I was a princess? Crystal has been coddled all of her life. I'm also starting to think that one of the reasons why Medusa started hanging around with Black Bolt was maybe possibly for revenge. And then she fell in love. Think about it. I, I will as soon as I can get the memory of this episode out of my brain. I mean, seriously. But Crystal, that, Crystal that is the only consistent character. She's the only consistent character, as in she has not changed yet. She still looks at herself as a princess. Even now, stranded on Earth with a wounded dog, she is still acting like a princess. Why is my dog not healed now? She is the one constant character so far well her and black bolt the, the the concept of what i'm not saying it's good right the, the concept of w- what earth is and means to people that live on the moon and have lived for generations on the moon i, I get that that would be skewed but at some point there has to be an overriding common sense and it's why we're going through this list now as opposed to after the next couple points right there has to be an overriding common sense or there should be an overriding common sense where they realize okay Okay, Lockjaw has just transported us to Earth. Lockjaw has been severely injured by this vehicle that has crashed into him. She doesn't know it's called an ATV. She doesn't know the dude has a helmet on. I get all that. Mm-hmm. Except that when he takes the helmet on and it looks like a looks like a dude. Oh, you must be a human because you're on Earth. And you happen to be riding a vehicle. And why did you hit my dog? Okay, I get that. But then there also has to be the whole the semblance of, okay, these people probably have not ever seen a dog like mine. Because they haven't. They've never seen an animal like this, this big, that just appears out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. They haven't. The, even in the stories of, of now Inhumans being, or Inhumans, asterisk, being on Earth, yes, they got that piece, and so they can see weird, goony things, like we're going to talk about in a minute here with the, the whole Baby Steps high-five moment. 
so you've got that piece that they they understand that okay something extracurricular can happen and there's a kind of a reason for it. They go, oh okay, well this must be a blah, blah. That's the common sense piece that happens on the humans part. There's got to be a reciprocal for the inhumans two asterisks have also when they're going to are knowingly are knowingly going to go interact with humans. And I don't see any of that. Why would they have that? They've they've never planned on interacting with humans. There there is no benefit to standing out inside of Earth at all to them, especially now because Maximus is looking for them. Well let me let, let me let me paint you a picture. Let's take away the alien factor completely. And let's look at the caste system instead. Now take a member of royalty, take a member of royalty, and now put them in a slum. They don't know how to act with people who live day-to-day, hand-to-mouth, paycheck-to-paycheck, striving just to survive. Now take that and put it with aliens. Put it with these aliens who live on the moon. The moon is a hierarchy and Earth is the slum. Again, it's not great writing, but that's how I forgive some of the non-common sense moments because they don't have a reference for that, specifically Crystal, because she is the pampered princess. Okay. Lockjaw. Poor puppy. Unconscious. Okay, well, that's convenient. Injured, not unconscious. Injured. But according to the vet, well but according to the vet, should heal, should be fine. Yeah, I've in, given him, uh, I've given him while. seven gallons of whatever medication works on real dogs. <laughs> Karnak. I, I, I think we've I, talked quite a bit about Karnak. Karnak is is almost a useless character. His his story arc is useless for this this series. I would have loved I, to have seen something a little bit more interesting where I, he was concerned. I wanted to see, and this is what kills me, if we ever happen to bump into the actor that plays Karnak for this short series of Inhumans, uh, I hope that I'm able to speak to you because I know that you wanted your wonderment of being able to walk into an ocean for the first time to have impact on the audience of this program. It's dumb! <laughs> it's It's... There is no wonder at all inside that scene. It's all completely lost like a... It's if I ripped off the cap of a tube of toothpaste and then stepped on it with a magical boot that's supposed to guide me in the perfect direction because of my superpowers, and it doesn't. Oh, it, oh just terrible. Gorgon. Gorgon will meet you at a convention as well, and inside of yours, we're going to get to the what should have been tear-felt moment inside of this episode where you <laughs> you apologize for Bernie on your shoulder. <laughs> I, uh, drop the body, dude! What? Uh, Don't leave a man behind. <sighs> Gorgon, my friend, Gorgon... And then down Gorgon, to the no, 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 no. I've got things to say All about right, Gorgon. Let's, let's hear him. Gorgon, <laughs> he's the soldier character. In his world, where soldiers are concerned, he's top dog. He's the one who trains them, he's the one who leads them. Now, here he is. He's been thrown off of his own planet. 
His family is is to the four corners of the winds. He's being hunted. And now these humans, humans, who uh, he doesn't, and we established this in the first episode, he really doesn't care for humans. But now this group of humans is willing to not only save his life, help him, feed him, give him beer, but join his cause, help him fight, and die for him. This is a character that is now going through, oh, wow, here I've thought Earth is bad. Humans are bad. That's why we stay away from them. And now they're very similar to us. There's a lot There's a lot about humanity that is similar to inhumanity. We care. We love. We feel. We, we hurt when we lose somebody, especially when it's a brother in arms. That is why he has not put down Lucky. And I, I and I totally get that. Now, we need to move forward. <laughs> we need to move forward. Gorgon needs to stop pushing everybody away and thinking that he's a one-man army and actually start being a leader of men. But we're not going to get that either. I, who knows? Who knows? There's still four more episodes to this show. Again, the piece of common sense I, I, I gripped from Gorgon was that there wasn't any because, again, strategic advantage should win the day, especially if you are a military man. And so what you don't start with is the chop sake, let's go kick some petite leather ass instead of stompy stomp and everybody falls over and we either run away or kill them. Common sense completely missing. Well, there's no, yeah, the common sense is completely missing because up until this show, Everything was on Adelan. There's no jungles on Adelan. There's no forests to hide. There's no deserts to storm. It's every, everything he knew about fighting was hand-to-hand close quarters. He doesn't know anything about the world that he's on right now. But he's treating it like everything else. And that's why somebody got killed. That's why he's got guilt. Black Bolt. Again, there's some interaction here towards the end of the episode that helps to leave Black Bolt in some kind of cone of common sense, i.e., okay, I'm in a bind. I'm going to try and get myself out of a bind. I'm going to release gas. He will not be able to use his weapon, and if he does, then we all die. Smart. Yes, absolutely. It, it, again, the this deceiving irony that the dude that says nothing is the one. That's day one. <laughs> that is the this, this seething irony inside of this is that while saying nothing and motioning to some rings and turning on a valve and pulling someone out of harm's way and, and, and looking incredibly intentioned, he has become the best character out of all of these characters that we've just mentioned. That's a problem. All of this is a problem. The baby steps high five moment. We've gone hill over dale talking about <laughs> Crystal and her princessness, but it was no more exemplified more than when did she change into this navy, uh, old navy outfit from her yellow or a piece of her yellow outfit? From the moon. Do we, do we know when that happened? Was yeah, that... before the vet got there. Okay. 
All right. I, I again, the white hot hate seething moments inside of this one just got me. But when it got when it gets stupid is literally Dave. Uh, Dave grabs her hand and gives him the high five, and I get it. She doesn't get. She doesn't know what high five is, so he holds out the hand, and she just. I, yeah. I get it. I How get is it, it any different from the previous episode with the fist bump in the uh, in the prison? Prison guy, oh, you're the guy that beat up all those cops. Yeah, pounded, brother. And he basically shows Black Bolt how to do a fist bump. It's the exact same thing. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. Aliens. Remember, just because they look human and they're from the moon still does not mean that they're human and know about earthly customs I, I get that but do, except they it, know how to do, read english and does that mean that, does that mean that every single instance inside of this program we've got to have the no jenny hayden moment from starman for all of them <laughs> no there's only eight episodes man we don't have time for this this is why the whole fish out of water story is a bad idea for introducing these characters it, it, it's terrible it's terrible. There's a, there's a couple of reasons why it's terrible. Let me explain clearly. The climaxless climax. It's terrible. Explain it to us, Mike. What what? Explain the climaxless climax to the, us. The climax for, for, of it. For episode. any of us who can't remember how this episode ended. <laughs> the climax of this episode, the climax of any episode is when you get to the ebb and you go, oh, wow, gosh, that was an interesting episode that provided me with intrigue and salient moments inside of superhero memory that can now be documented in the annals of Marveldom Awesome. And we got none of that inside of this episode. There is nothing that is climax-worthy inside of this episode that will go down in the annals of Marvel where you go back to, hey, hey, hey you remember inside of Marvel and Humans episode four, when insert anything interesting <laughs> there will be nothing from this episode that occurs inside of that i will be i will marvel haha <laughs> if any of the people such people from anything inside of the list we just re read will appear inside of a new marvel encyclopedia base because there's nothing interesting at all crystal well crystal leapt with lockjaw who was then hit by an an atv and then she learned the human custom of a high five. I can't wait to read that paragraph inside of a future Marvel entry. It's not going to happen. That's what I'm talking about with Climax List. I mean, just just nothing. And here's, my, here's the most important point. The Thor Ragnarok trailer. And I'm not even talking about a good one. I'm talking about a reasonably El Crapo Swift it, it, it was probably the worst Thor Ragnarok trailer I've seen. And I've only seen a couple of them. I haven't seen them all. But this television... You're talking about while, but during while the Hulu, Hulu experience? Yeah, while Hulu streaming. So you're, so you're not even looking at a trailer. You're looking at an advertisement. I'm Just looking one at of those 30-second yeah. advertisements. Yeah. Okay. All right, so I'm looking at that. That's more interesting than anything <laughs> we just watched in the last 43 minutes of television. That's, that's not supposed to work that way. We are not supposed to watch the reasonably El Crapo down on the rung ladder Thor Ragnarok trailer issue from the television sets inside of an advertisement segment inside of a Marvel television program that is more impressive than anything we just watched over 43 minutes. That's what happened here. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> it's not supposed to work that way. What are we watching here? <laughs> what on earth are we watching here? And it, it, I went back and I watched the first half of the episode again just to try and smooth over some of the beginning bumps. Because I'm telling you, those of you that have been able to listen to this podcast through to this point, you realize how rough the first several elements of this podcast was in particular for me it's a rough ride well i got through some of the rough ride and we're going to talk about the rough ride and the reasons for it when we come back from the break Ooh, dun, dun, dun. Whoa, was that a climax not quite but we're getting there we'll be right back during the agents of shield podcast Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great, cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From The Voice Box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. Twenty-four Legacy features all of the hallmarks of the classic Twenty-four on Fox. The only thing missing? You! Check out 24legacyfans.com now and jump into the best discussions about Twenty-four Legacy. Log on to 24legacyfans.com. That's 24legacyfans.com. An official partner of the 24podcast.com effort. The Two Guys Talking Podcast Bug, a truly original autonomous mobile recording solution. Get bit by the podcast bug. www.podcastbug.com Dead-end job? Lackluster love life? Poor social skills? Sometimes reality sucks. What better way to find a brief escape than with video games. Let Two Guys Talking Horror take you on a journey through the dark side of gaming with Game Over. The history of survival horror in video games. Get in on all the pixelated gore at twoguystalkinghorror.com. That's twoguystalkinghorror.com. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can, with perpetual advertising. Here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even after your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful providing you with true return on investment. Real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort right now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. Everyone, welcome back to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. 
a very reasonably detailed and educational experience this time, focusing on Marvel's Inhumans and a short, not quite short enough, eight-part series inside of Marveldom on Hulu Streaming and ABC. This time, episode four... It's Make Way for Medusa, Thank that's you. what it was. All right. Every time we come back from break, we have the glorious fun of opening up our S.H.I.E.L.D. dossiers. The S.H.I.E.L.D. dossiers are where Nick and I find an interesting, non-existent actor portrayal inside of this episode. Something else inside the storyline that moved us never happened. Or something else that tripped our collective review night fantastic. Nothing inside this episode. Nick, what have you got inside your S.H.I.E.L.D. dossier? Before I open my S.H.I.E.L.D. dossier, I just want to say one thing. It's very interesting to be on the opposite side of the table here. <laughs> I'll bet. Because usually I am the one feeling the white hot hate, and you were oh. the one trying to calm me down with logic. <laughs> Too true. So this has been this Too has true. been a nice little uh, little role, role reversal, reversal here. Mm -hmm. uh, so I just wanted to point that out, especially for for the fans who've been listening to us for for several <laughs> Long seasons. Time. Right. Oh man, my shield dossier. <laughs> That's what I thought. Thank you. Have a great night. It's been uh, great talking about. I don't. I don't want to have red in my ledger this time. There. There's. <laughs> I want to. <sighs> you are gonna leave every second of silence in this edit. <laughs> I swear to God, you are, because that is exactly what I want people to understand. You're not supposed to be mystified, looking for things to mention about. What moves you inside of this episode that isn't negative? That's terrible, dude. It's terrible. It is, it's true. You know what? I'm going to use my my shield dossier as a a what if moment. Inside my shield dossier, it's this is how the show could have been better. This should have been a story arc in Agents of Shield. I think if we had Agent Coulson. Melinda May, Daisy Johnson, some of our other characters helping some of the royal family while other bad guy bad guy factions like the Watchdogs or maybe some new iteration of a bad organization. Hey, bring AIM back. Maybe they've got the other Inhumans. And remember, the Inhumans don't really know much about Earth culture. So the bad guys could be doing that whole twirly mustache. Oh, no, I'm a good guy. Come with me. I'll help you find your family. And then, of course, using them for nefarious purposes, unbeknownst to them. I think we could have had a very interesting six, maybe even seven episode arc of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had the agents been involved with this. But I think instead, trying to make these characters stand on their own, and we mentioned, I, I mentioned it earlier, the and we we've, we've talked about it in nauseum over the, the 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 reviews for this this series so far. The fish out of water scenario doesn't work well when it's six characters, five six characters, fish out of water, and they're all kind of experiencing the exact same thing. There has to be some diversity. There has to be a little bit of variety in the experiences instead of, you know, one guy who <laughs> is fumbling around like an idiot at the ganja farm getting laid. 
Well, good for Karnak. Seems like out of everybody, he's the one who's uh, who, who's kind of having the most fun yeah. on his trip to Earth. Well, you're assuming that that's actually going to happen because here's what's going to happen. He's going to calculate the value of an erection and not be able to get one. Uh, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. That would be the completion of awesome for this episode. <laughs> well, <laughs> There's no question in my mind. It, it would at least be a climax. <laughs> ah, uh, see what I did there? Awesome. So, yeah, I, I, I really kind of think that this show was rushed. I don't know why ABC Marvel rushed this show. I, I really wish that this would have been a, a story arc in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think it would have been very interesting to see Coulson interacting with a character like Black Bolt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, think just think of that. That would be amazing because Coulson has had Cree blood in him. There, there'd be a lot of interesting back and forth. As well, and as, I'm saying back and forth, <laughs> coming from a character that can't speak. Right, but the the dry wit of Coulson would have been magic mm-hmm. for the introduction interaction with him. You're absolutely right yeah. on that. I, I totally agree. So that's that's my shield dossier this week. The the wish that this would have been a story arc in Agents of Shield. All right, so I'm not going to bother jumping into what ifs on this one because I think after a little bit of dissection mm-hmm. I have found one of the largest problems that we are enduring if you look up on the screen here inside of two guys talking east in downtown st. Louis Nick you'll see that I've opened up the agents of shield Facebook presence over facebook.com forward slash shield podcast yes and on there during my second run through I actually took a series of screenshots that jogged my memory from the first time I watched them. Uh-huh. The first one is inside the sentence where Dr. from Seattle, Portland, wherever the hell Dr. The Dude. The, the Irish guy that's just getting money and only wants to do uh, innocent experiments. Anyway, he gets through saying the line, you would kill everybody you love. And he gets done saying the word love and up on the screen flashes, executive producer Scott Buck. Hmm. Very interesting. What does the second screen say here, Nick? It's a, it's another moment of the outskirt building of uh, the said laboratory that's on the, by the way, volcanically created island where experiments <laughs> could happen with no destruction whatsoever. Just right. wanted to throw that out there. What, what does that one say, real quick? Created for television by Scott Buck. Okay. Now, what I didn't take a screenshot of, because I didn't want to besmirch this screenshot with one that matters, is who actually created these characters, i.e. Jack Kirby and Stanley. Yeah, yeah, Jack Kirby and Stanley. Because everything in here is, quote, based on the characters created by Jack Kirby and Stanley. Awesome. But there is something afoot here where either Scott's not got comprehension of what's supposed to happen inside of comic books or he's just trying to make a story to make a story because that's what this episode feels like it this feels like a series of check boxes we need a love interest for karnak where is it got it we need to have some drama between the leftover ganja people got it we need to have some more interaction that is not prison based for black bolt because they're four episodes in got it we need to push the storyline of the doctor he's got to still be heartfelt but he can't be evil cool no problem. Checkbox. We need to find some ebb for Gorgon to lay his general hat on 
because there's got to be sympathy for him as opposed to him just being the ass kicker. Can we do that or can we not do that? Yes, sir, we can. Checkbox. All right, Medusa. Medusa's overall goal has got to be to get back to Black Bolt. Period. Paragraph. Write that shit. Checkbox. Got it. No problem. Mm-hmm. Black Bolt has to have a moment where he's able to showcase that, oh, wait a second. We're not going to have Muse's powers. Never mind. Checkbox. Wait a minute. The episode's over. Checkbox. <laughs> and that's my S.H.I.E.L.D. dossier. It, it, this should not be happening inside of a show like this one on a streaming and network television program. This should not happen. That's where we ask you guys, what's inside your S.H.I.E.L.D. dossier? Let us know what you think by going over to our Facebook presence, actually, and chime in on those photographs. That's facebook.com forward slash S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. Chime in on one of the threads there or start your own. And let's talk more about what's going on inside of your S.H.I.E.L.D. dossier. The Rewind and Rewrite segment. Nick and I had grand plans to take an element that worked wonderfully inside of the 24, pod, the 24 Legacy podcast. Oh, yeah. Which is where the elements, where the story and our character elements failed. We would take them in, kind of rewind them, rewrite them, and issue to them as an idea and see what you guys thought of it. The problem is that it's not possible with what's given to us inside this episode. Although Nick has conveyed a series of things that I think would have been infinitely better, though, what are we talking about infinitely inside of this this cone of interest? <sighs> So, I propose that we use the next episode to provide a good, solid rewind and rewrite because I'm hoping to all marvel God that the next episode will be better than this right, one. Right, I agree. Well, the, one of the reasons why we were going to incorporate the rewind and rewrite segment is because in the previous review, during your, hmm. your rating, you came up with several different scenarios that literally rewrote the episode and made it a hell of a lot better. Yeah. So yeah. Th- that would have been great. But the problem is, is that this entire episode ha- would have to be re- rewound and rewritten. Mm-hmm. And I don't know an element of this episode that we could not touch. And there's, just let it there's, a, there's like maybe two two or three scenes. And that's not, not I'm not talking about sections. Well, just look, scenes. As, lo- as long as we got a cop car chase <laughs> with the cops crashing. We're done. I mean, it's at it's, least it's it was ace. only one. Aces, man. At least it was only one. So yes, hopefully next episode we will have the rewind rewrite segment. All right, folks. It all comes down to this: the rating for this episode during the Agents of Shield podcast, focusing in on Marvel's Inhumans, the fourth episode of eight episodes that will ever be issued for this series. The scale works thusly: ten. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna happen. And then a one. Hmm? Things are looking pretty, pretty focused inside of this episode. Everything starts at a seven as an average. The numbers go up inside this episode. With positives, the numbers go down. Oh yeah. Inside of negatives. And Nick, <laughs> there are no absies inside of this episode, like every other one. Nick, what do you got? I think, and you brought this up, bringing bringing uh, to everybody's attention that uh, Scott Buck is the showrunner for this particular series. Uh, he's all, he was also the showrunner for the Netflix Iron Fist series. 
Now, I know I don't think we've talked about Iron Fist on the show, but you and I personally have had conversations about Iron Fist. You didn't care for it. I had issues, but I didn't. I, there, there wasn't the, as much white hot hate as you had for it. And I, I, the way I described it to you was the problem with Iron Fist was it wasn't a true origin season like Daredevil got. Jessica Jones, even though we're starting halfway through her life and she's already had these powers, we got a sense of what happened to her and what's happening to her. Luke Cage introduced in Jessica Jones, but then once he got his series, there was enough flashback information that we understood what happened to him, how he became this way, and what kind of a character he is. Iron Fist was not allowed that. Iron Fist seemed like, hey, you remember all that stuff that we did with the hand in season one and season two of Daredevil? Well, we're going to shove that in here because the next thing we're doing is the Defenders. I, I feel like Iron Fist did not get uh, a proper origin season. It was more of a prequel to Defenders. I will agree with that. And this is the same thing. Even though we are meeting these characters for the first time, this does not feel like the way that we should have been introduced to these characters. I've said it before during these reviews. The Inhumans should have been the television equivalent of Guardians of the Galaxy. That's what it should have been more like. I'm not talking about flying around in spaceships, interacting with other alien races. It should have been more science fiction and less, hey, we're on a Hawaiian island running around with no powers. It should have been spectacular. It should have been amazing. It should have been uncanny. And we're not getting that. Is it because of Scott Buck? Well, some of the signposts are pointing in that direction. But you can't just blame it all on the showrunner. It's also the writers that he incorporates, the directors that he incorporates, and everybody else. There are a lot of people that have to answer for the subpar storytelling that we are experiencing in these first four episodes of Marvels and Humans. They are getting worse, not better. So my rating for this fourth outing, it's a five. You are far too kind. Let me explain. <laughs> okay. Rewind this episode and listen to every single point that we say, or at least that I say, and, and understand that uh, Nick used the word subpar. This doesn't, you cannot see a bar from how low this episode is. That's how low this episode is. Everything from the naming of this episode to the showcase of the checklist of running through the main characters. We didn't even run through the other supporting characters. Hey, well, I'll tell you what. Just for sake of argument, to help exemplify what I'm talking about, let's run through the supporting cast real quick. Louise. Louise, the shunned, stupid NASA worker. What Com is it that's happening with that character? Yeah. Comic relief, uh, adventure, excitement. She's our human character. She is suppo She's supposed to be the character that we, as the audience are experiencing all this wonderment through. The problem with that is, this is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. 
we know wonderment. There were alien invasions, killer robots, and shit like that. We don't. It shouldn't be that wonderment. There, that that type of wonderment. Right, especially with should her. be a different type of character. Uh, absolutely, especially with her. Right. She realizes what she has seen on the screen. She kind of know what it means. She can't prove it to anybody else, but she's going to try and do everything she can to prove it to herself and foster her ideals. Hmm. I don't see any of that yeah, happening. Yeah. Okay, so not so awesome. Dave. Nothing. He's good for a high five. Awesome. Certainly he'll be good for a lay later on for Crystal. My goodness. What an awesome experience. I've never been laid as a princess. That's amazing. Ooh, ah. Lockjaw. Come on over and give Dave a big old kiss. Thank you, Dave. Blah. Dave, blah. Nothing. We just met Dave. Karnak. Who knows? But Dave might, might prove himself later on. Right. Karnak's buddies. Really? Well, well, one of them's dead, so... Okay, so I guess Karnak's going to have to get some pseudo-revenge. if, Unless that guy murders the girl, and then he's going to get some revenge? Something? And then he's going to snap out of it and have his awesome powers? <laughs> Maybe his snapping back of having awesome powers will allow him to wreak revenge the on bad, the bad guy. The bad guy's going to hit him in the head with a shovel, and he's going to get his powers back. Oh. <laughs> Prediction! Anyway, all of the people around surrounding Karnak. Yeah. Idiots. They they mean nothing. On to Gorgon. For as much as I love soldiers of fortune and people that were in the military who absolutely want to take up arms and serve fellow inhuman, awesome. I love all that. I just don't care about anybody that I see here. The guy that is the grit guy, that guy's going to die. Sorry. Hate to ruin it for everybody. No way he lives. He might live to episode seven, episode eight, dead man. Done. <laughs> the other guy that's running with him, whatever the hell his name is, I don't know. He's going to be gone too. Hawaiian red shirt. Uh, here's know. the other thing. Is is Gorgon going to bother to just keep Lucky on his shoulder for a series of days? That ought to be awesome ripe for intimidation factor against the enemy. Dumb. It's just Dumb. There, there's no how, Gorgon himself. We went through Gorgon. I know that you've got some semblance there. That's awesome. The people surrounding Black Bolt. I love me some hot, handsome Owen Joe. We've come <laughs> up with a better name in his superhero name than the writers have inside of this series, for God's sake. He's interesting. I'll even give you the doctor's interesting. But that's it. Why are they interesting? Well, the doctor has said a bunch of interesting techno babble. We've seen what probably could have been a talking tech moment, which would have evened out the front end of this episode without question. Mm. Wow, look at the graphical panel they made that has squares and circles. <laughs> Arr, awesome. Yeah, that's great. We could talk about those kind of things, but I'll tell you what. Why don't we talk about how there's nothing going on here that is remotely interesting? Because that's what's going on inside of this episode. That, that That's kind of what I'm talking about, and... I, I know we absolutely have to throw this on a team larger than just Scott Buck. But having been on the ascend receivership of Scott Buck writing over a series of not just watching, but actual reviews. And folks, for those of you that think that Nick and I just sit down and push a record button and lightly glance upon this awesome ripping of this show. There's a lot of work that goes into this. Mm -hmm. The planning of schedules, the getting together, the sitting together and talking for, I don't know, about an hour about something that I know I hated. 
uh, the editing of that, the promotion of that, and then including it inside of a catalog of episodes that has to be something that we have inside of our library over a series of sponsored episodes. It's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And this goes back to the core of what Two Guys Talking was always established for. For my time and money and effort put into your program, all I expect is something back for my money and effort. Right. You gave me nothing for this episode and took everything from me. You get a one. And that's where we ask you guys, what did you think of this ultra crap episode? If you have anything but a one, forget it. Stop chiming in. <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't alienate the audience. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I'm not going to take it out of the audience. I swear I'm not. Let us know what you think by going over to our website. That's agentsofshield.tv. Click anywhere on the right-hand side. Fill out the quick web form and let us know what you rate this episode. The fourth episode with a name that I could care less about. Make way for Medusa. Thank you. So until next time, I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Thanks for listening and enduring, and we'll see you next time. We're thankful you were able to review this covert communication. Reviewing the most recent episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a chronicle of the stories and soon-to-be legends on ABC. Be sure to tune in to our ongoing top-secret communication with agents all over the globe via our Facebook presence immediately. Facebook.com forward slash S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast to be the first to be made aware of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. news, the arrival of our newest reviews, and more. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, a super show for fans of superheroes. Uncover the mysteries, critical information, and reviews now by accessing agentsofshield.tv. That's agentsofshield.tv. End. This top secret two guys talking communication.